They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. I'm here with a returning guest. I'll let reintroduce himself shortly. I just want to handle some housekeeping type fun. Um, for my $15 or more patrons, they are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, and Mark Price. And for my newest patrons, I'd like to thank Kim LaPlante, Shior Hansen Gusted, Laura Light, Mark Price, Evan, and Dante Tillman. Um, thank you guys so much for the uh, support. It's more important now than ever. And uh, for the ad read, I'd like to um, let you know that today's show is brought to you by Engaged Family Gaming. Steven Dutzman over there um, does uh, podcasts, morning talks, morning photos, game reviews, um, uh, convention reviews, all kinds of fun stuff, all with a focus on playing games, video games, board games, you name it, with your family. So go check them out. That's Engaged Family Gaming. And with that, I'll let my uh, guest today introduce himself. Um, go ahead, Zir. Yeah, it's Alex Peregrine back for round two. And uh, Alex, um, welcome, dude. We're, we're recording just after Christmas and right before um, New Year's. So this is the um, one of the last, if not the last podcast I'll record this decade, let alone this year. So how are, how are things for you going into the new year? They're good. I mean, not really a whole lot of conflict in my life in general. That's always a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of depends on your personality. To me, it's kind of a boring thing, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, nice. of course, I don't want to live in interesting times, as the saying goes. Yes, yes, I hear you there. So, uh, Alex um, brought up an interesting idea for today's show. So, uh, we're going to um, reflex our brains a little bit and uh, play a round of right, quote, wrong movie. And then I'll let Alex um, introduce uh, what he's going to be having us do today um, for the show. So, Alex, do you have your cards for right, quote, wrong movie? Yes, I do. Okay, and I will draw my first film. And again, these are randomly pulled, but how fittingly, Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope. And you're welcome to go first, or I can go first. So I just okay. go through my car. Yeah, go for it if you want. Okay. So, uh, let's see. I mean... Kind of have to adjust this for it, but you probably heard we aren't in the prisoner taking business. We are in the killing Nazis business, and cousin, business is a booming. Space Nazis. <laughs> I like it. Um, I've got, yes, they're concentrating all their attention on Metaluna, those flashes of light. They're meteors, hundreds of them. This island Earth. Yeah. I don't know. I think killing space Nazis takes it for me. Yeah, but you could also, that, what you said, could probably be described as Alderaan, basically. Exactly. All right, round two, The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Hmm. Let's see. I'm a huge fan of the way you lose control and turn into an enormous green rage monster. Nice. Um, 
bless me, Father, for I have just killed quite a few men because I want to see how that fits in with the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dorothy basically is sent on an assassination mission when you look at it. <laughs> so, does your quote infer that maybe the uh, Wicked Witch um, can go all Hulk? Because that would be crazy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of when I was looking at these. <laughs> All right, next. Let's see. I got to pull another one out of here because I'm in my car. Um, ah, I dropped my cards. Marathon Man. Okay. Leave the limbs you lost. Those belong to me now. Nice. Um... Because I imagine in the future everyone's going to be vegan. You used to be vegan. Now you will be gone. Marathon man. <laughs> yeah. I like yours. All right, let's do one more. We've exercised our brains to be ready for what? Ah, Animal House. Okay. Put the bunny back in the box. I'm going to go with drink for me and live forever. <laughs> I, I still like yours. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, Alex, um, without further ado, let the world know what you've brought for us to do today. Okay. So, uh, there are... So, I mean, you're familiar with fantasy drafts, right? Or yep. fantasy sports. Okay, so there's a podcast by the name of James Bonding with Matt Gorley and Matt Myram that did basically a version of this, but for the James Bond movies, where you just have, have the actor, the antagonist, the Bond girl, the car, gadgets, whatever, and each of them have a pool that they choose from while creating a form in a draft style. I'm thinking about that. I adapted a more generic movie version that also should hopefully take way less time than what they did in which we have have the things oh by the way apologies there's going to be a bit of quick clacking in this because of just having to use a keyboard of course no problem okay so we have things such as genre uh, main character's personality main character's job goal oh and other such things so, um, um, anyway, hey, we will first choose who gets to go first, and we'll go through these categories. I, I mean, he filled out one form. I filled out five just so that we get a good pool of selections for each one, and we'll yeah, just go back. That. I, I plan to fill out more, and I, uh, I lost track of time, so I apologize for that. Oh. Um, no problem. I was actually ready that if you hadn't filled out any, that we just do it live. Cool. But, okay. So um, we'll start off with genre and your choice. Who gets to choose the first one? I'll let you choose the first one. It's your, your idea. So go for it. Okay. Well, I mean, this is after the holidays, but okay. I'm going to go with space opera. <laughs> Nice. Okay. And so how does this work? 
you, you choose the genre, then I have to go with the next category. Yeah, and we just go back and forth. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Okay, so are we going to do X meets Y, or is that... Yes. that uh, okay, good. Now just we, just making sure. Now we can either do it where you just pick one, or if we wanted to do just two movies, you pick a movie, and then I pick a movie from the options. <laughs> no, no, I like it. So let, let, me, let me see. This is good. So because you picked space opera, um, there's two... It fits in for me, and I'm going to go with Serial Killer in Space within your space opera. Yep. Okay. The main character's personality. Um, Yeah, we should probably just, for the lovely audience, just read out what the options are. Oh, yeah. Good good point. Do we want to go back to the beginning? Yeah. I mean, we're not going to re-choose them. Okay, so genre, cosmic horror, black comedy, space opera, uh, horror, Christmas feel-good movie, and stoner comedy. Nice. And for X meets Y, there is Risky Business meets Jason X, Sleepless in Seattle meets In the Mouth of Madness, Godzilla meets The Emoji Movie, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers meets Citizen Kane, Serial Killer in Space, and The Fly Meets the Blob. Nice. Okay, so main character's personality. We have a smarmy dipshit, a headstrong intellectual, a shy warrior, darkly humorous, delusional paranoid, and nervous and cracks bad jokes. Okay. So for me, oh yeah, you gotta pick one, that's right. Yeah. So another manic mechanic in this is that I had both of us fill out secret answers. And the thing is, you can just invoke the secret answer, but that gets locked in. I'm going to go with the secret answer for this one. Okay. So do I not get to know what that is yet? No, you tell me what your secret is. Oh, my secret answer. So you're invoking it. You're invoking it unknown. Okay. Let me, uh, let me bring up my secret answer sheet. (laughs) <laughs> I think I had a good one for this. Just clicking around, clicking around. Uh, do, 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 do. So my secret genre, or yeah. sorry. Um, personality. Main character's personality was everything reminds them of a bad boss they once had. so now on to me let's see i have main character's job yep so our choices are veterinary archangel of god (laughs) carney like carnival folk bathroom architect ninja video store clerk Advertising screenwriter or rock star chef? I'm going to go with bathroom architect because I want to know what that person um, has to deal with in a spaceship. Yep. Way more complex than a spaceship. <laughs> okay. Main character signature item. So I have pocket watch that shows how long they have left to live. <laughs> the unredacted Warren reports, a cursed gun, sunglasses with one eye missing, a VR headset, 
and a haunted typewriter. <laughs> because I have no idea how this will even incorporate into it. The unredacted Warren report. In space. Yep. Now, is this is this a space opera happening a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? Because that'll be even more confusing. Yep. <laughs> I mean, confusion is kind of the goal that you're hoping for with this game. I, I'm loving it so far. Okay, main character's goal. Learn to love. Survive the night. Write the best rock opera the world has ever heard. Go the distance and beat the champion. Save Christmas. And get revenge on the bad guy. I'm going to do right the best rock opera the world has ever heard. Yep. Already this is kind of feeling a bit like. like they, well, I mean. No, it's a bad comparison. I was going to say 2112 by Rush. But that's not really that. <laughs> okay. So secondary protagonist. We have. A billion spiders approximating the form of a human being. My an imaginary protagonist. <laughs> an imaginary friend that the antagonist can also see acts as a GPS. A bitter ex-spouse that comes along because there's still that lingering spark. A bratty teenage kid of the hero. A dog. Or the chief of police. <laughs> and I think everyone knows exactly which one I'm going to pick. A billion spiders approximately the form of a human being. <laughs> yes. Um, that also always makes me think of um, when we're when we're putting space opera as the genre, the uh, 90s um, Lost in Space movie where Dr. Smith became a person made out of a billion nanobots, like weird nanobot spider things. Uh, they're just spiders. Yeah, that yeah. was horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> yeah. All right, the antagonist, the big bad, the Illuminati, but the real one, not the all-powerful Shadow Rulers type. Fair. Ghost ninjas that need the MacGuffin to become real ninjas. <laughs> Floating parasitic aliens that suck your soul out of your body. Rival video store manager who is trying to steal customer base and also blackmail main store as a drug. <laughs> Uh, that boss that seemingly isn't doing anything wrong, but you just hate with all your passion, just because, and the Russian mafia. Um, I'm going to go with that boss that seemingly isn't doing anything wrong, but you just hate with all your passion because. Yeah. Hey, inciting incident. Parents protesting outside of video storm. Ninja's attack. A psychic vision prompted by a rock song. Boss ordered one TPS report too many. Main character antagonists get their personalities swapped a la Freaky Friday. Main character has an epiphany while eating alone at Burger King. <laughs> okay. So... Just because I like the idea Corporation survived this long. Main character has an epiphany while eating alone at Burger King. Especially since not only did it survive, but this Burger King is either on a ship or on some sort of alien planet. First encounter. What was that? Um, yeah, I was going to say it's on planet Burger King. Ah, yes, planet Burger King. Just like when Krusty Burger end up a, ended up on an oil refinery. Uh <laughs> First encounter. So this is where the main character and antagonist first encounter each other. 
childhood best friends that grew apart. Ninjas attack. Always fair. Antagonist sues the main character or vice versa. Antagonist is rude to the main character at a Starbucks. <laughs> this future is just full of corporations. <laughs> rival stores both eat at same local Wendy's. Our hero hears the rival manager blasting them to the employees. The two pass on the street unaware of the importance the two will have with each other. Hmm. You know, I'm going to make it easy. In childhood best friends that grew apart. Nice. So the act one break when and just that the point of no return. So main character takes a cruise ship for inspiration but falls overboard. <laughs> An EMP erases all the video chase tapes. Main character gets a MacGuffin from some homeless person but has to run away from the government. Ninjas attack. An intelligence agency assigns the case to the main character. The main character meets somebody on a dating app, app that wants to go on an adventure. Huh. I mean, it's tempting to go with falls overboard because they fall overboard into space, but I don't know. Shifting the focus because <laughs> their head would explode. Yeah. Or... Yeah, their head wouldn't explode. I mean, that's something that doesn't happen in space. <laughs> I want but, it to. Yeah. This is my so, story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> of course. Okay. I'm going to go with... Hmm. Main character meets somebody on a dating app that wants to go on an adventure. I love it. Imagine what the intergalactic dating web would be like. Yeah, probably met that billions of spiders <laughs> okay plot twist number one what a twist um ninjas attack of course car breaks down in the middle of the desert monsters attack all major cities ceo for store number two bought our main character's store boss orders the company staff to come up with an exciting new pitch the main character's computer rebels against them i'm gonna go with the main character's computer rebels against them Nice. I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. Okay, plot twist number two. The parents of the main character show up in town and demand they take them for a ride. Significant other leaves main character for rival store employee. The main character gets a letter saying that where the next plot coupon is going to be, but there's no return address. Ninjas <laughs> attack. The main character loses the MacGuffin gut, gets it back during a daring heist. The main character wakes up to a world where Christmas doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. So, you know what? Your secret one. My secret one for plot twist number two. All right. Do you have secret ones as well, or is it just me? Yeah, I have five oh. secret ones, and I would have right, told you to just I'm, choose I'm, a number. I'm going to have to invoke one shortly, I think, because I keep forgetting about the secret one. Okay, plot twist number number two. Yep. A low-level superhero arrives to help. Nice. Okay. So, um, your choice for plot twist number plot three. Number three. <clears throat> Aliens show up demanding the main character be delivered to them. Main character gets sucked into a video game. Ninjas attack. Main character gets sick and has to lie down for a few days, during which the antagonist gets the MacGuffin. 
Main character learns to have it that they have a ESP. Main character gets signed to a major record label. I'm invoking secret. Okay. I'm gonna so, pick number. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear that. Go on. Number three. Okay. Secret number three is more ninjas attack. Yeah. Which is going to be even more confusing because since we haven't had ninjas yet, the main character going more ninjas. Everyone else kind of looks more. <laughs> yeah, hints at their past. <laughs> okay, so all is lost. The moment when everything just seems to have gone to crap. Okay, ninjas attack and win. The store is condemned. The romantic couple break up. The main character gets turned into a frog. Car crash that puts the good guys in a coma. Bad guy gets the MacGuffin and starts using it towards their nefarious ends. Okay. Just because this is going to force some really uncomfortable stuff. The romantic couple break up. Oh, no. And now you get to choose the ending for this. The ending. Okay. The romantic couple get together. That's too easy. Rocks fall. Everybody dies. Ninjas attack, leading to an eternal battle where nobody can ever win, lose, or die. The movie turns into a porno. <laughs> Just like the end of... Uh, um, oh, crap. What's it called? The food movie. Sausage Not party. Sausage party. There we go. Netflix robot brings about Judgment Day. And the main character escapes into the open. You know what? I'm invoking secret. Do you have a secret for this? Of course. I'm going to go with number two. World blows up. Yeah. All right. I like that. Okay. So. Um. And remember, I've rated this film PG-13. Of course. So we can have room for one well-placed F-word. Like my favorite in X-Men First Class. You ever seen uh, that? Probably. So they, everyone was like, oh, you can't make an X-Men movie without Wolverine. But X-Men First Class tried and succeeded because it takes place before yeah. he would have been a member of the X-Men. But there's a and part in the movie where they're where going they... around. They go into the bar, just ask, and they just walk up to him and he just tells them to fuck off. Fuck off! And I'm like, yes, so good. Uh, I bet. So, so how I, do we do this now? Okay, so do you want to do you want to go first or should I? Um, it, you go first, but is there a new document I should be looking at? Um. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll get that sent to him. Good. Good, good. Okay. I have to do it a bit of a complex way. Yes, it's no problem. Hey, um, Alex, by the way, have you seen uh, the new Star Wars? Yes, I have. Did you like it? Yeah, not really. That's good. Yeah. Everybody's all over the place on it. I like that. Yeah, I... What I kind of felt about it is just that. I mean, J.J. Abrams is good at recognizing the emotional triggers that people have. But 
is not really good at making them resonate on a story level. I can agree with that. And and so, um, I didn't hate watching it, but it's one of those movies where you just think about it and you just kind of realize that you don't really like what you... I, I don't know how to describe it, but basically... I was immediately thinking, wait, what was that about for just so many things when I came out? Okay, I texted the thing to you. So, um, see it. Here we go. I mean, I don't don't really have much more to say about episode nine. No, just just figured I'd create some small talk while you were getting that sent over. All right, let's do this. Yeah, why why don't you go first so I get an idea of how we're doing this? Okay, so... Um, um, well, okay, I mean, we have to choose a character name, and I'm just going to go with this. Bubbles McGee, he is, is this guy that, that works on a spaceship where there, he's the bathroom architect. He has to figure out how in artificial gravity to make the pee and poop go to the pipes properly while they pass through zero gravity. <laughs> So, um, and, and he, I guess, while digging on the ruins of Earth, came across the unredacted Warren Report, which is important somehow. And, and, and I mean, he, he already just sees so much of his life in it because, because, I mean, I mean, all the stuff about the people involved, such as Lee Harvey Oswald, just reminds him of that boss that he really hates, but everybody does. <laughs> and, and, but all of this is just weighing on his mind and is really preventing him from doing what he really wants to do, which is write the best rock opera the world or universe has ever heard. <laughs> and so he starts, he's bored and lonely. So he gets on a dating app. Of just, hey, want to meet a future rock star? And he gets an answer from um, this, from just this other person. And it's just, hey, you want to meet up for some coffee at, at Star Starbucks? And he says, yes, do I ever? And they meet up and, oh, hey, it's a billion spiders approximating the form of a human being. And he's totally okay with that. Oh, so I've just arbitrarily decided this is a guy that we're talking about. I mean, one of the things I put in the document is to not specify gender or race or anything, just so that the teller can just decide that on the spot. Exactly. Okay. Where probably the billion spiders are just an even mix, male and female. Okay. But I guess, but they're approximating a female? Or is, or is this guy into spider-human, male-female hybrid and, <laughs> gender-fluid and... creatures? Yeah, let's go with the latter. This is the okay. future. This is the and, future. Yeah. And, and oh, but uh, while at this date, he gets a phone call. It's that boss that seemingly isn't doing anything wrong, but he just hates with all his passion because of whatever. And, and it's just, hey, you need to get back to work. These these pipes aren't going to route themselves. And so he goes there, there and... And I mean, he after doing a day's work, he 
eats at the Burger King on the ship. And he just has an epiphany of just, oh, my life really is shit, isn't it? And and just decides, I'm going to do something about it. And actually, I went out of order. I mean, this guy meets the billion spiders after having that epiphany. Okay. I mean, this is going to be so confusing just because of kind of the way that I tell stories where I realize that I left out details and have to go back. So, um, um, they, they meet on that and the billion spiders is just, Hey, that's, that's a historical thing that you have in your hands there. And the main and bubbles McGee just says, Oh yeah. Yeah, it's the unredacted Warren report. A lot of conspiracy theorists of the 20th and 21st century believe this was the Holy Grail. And and so uh, it's just, hey, we need to get this to a museum or something. So um, main character tries to order tickets to go somewhere, but the computer rebels against them and sends them to the opposite end of the universe without telling them. It's only when they got on the space plane basically the space airliner that it's just oh by the way we're going to alpha centauri and it's just wait what by which point the spaceship has already gone away (laughs) however the antagonist doesn't like this because there's the plumbing failed and it's just hey we need to get this guy back here to fix this shit so the main character just using the ship also yeah again me missing details the main character and the boss knew each other since they were children. And, and it was just something where, I don't know, I guess they were just apathetic towards each other or whatever. And eventually, and, well, okay. I mean, that's not really too exciting. So they get to Alpha Centauri and it's just, well, we need to get back there, but we've used all of our space money. But lo and behold, well, Oh, Captain Money Man and shows up with the superpower <laughs> of paying for their stuff. And it's just, yeah, I have unlimited credit. And that's I'll take super- out this cool box, a.k.a. all this credit. <laughs> and, and so, oh, they get back on the ship going to you know, the Earth Museum on, I don't know, Andromeda or something. And so... They're on their way back there, but the the space airliner gets hijacked and ninjas appear. Space more ninjas. ninjas. Yeah, and the main character looks at them, size and just says, more ninjas. And so fighting ensues because ninjas only exist to fight. And then and during the fighting, the main character just says something really awkward and the billion spiders is just, ew, that's gross of you. And the billion spiders just takes an escape pod and leaves. And it's just, oh no, the main character is sad because even though the main character won the fight against the ninjas, he was really getting along with the billion spiders. And now the billion spiders are gone. And so the main character just gets on an escape pod, pursues the spiders. They land on some planet, and it's just, um, oh, we've gotten over our differences. They hug. I mean, the main character tries to kiss just, I don't know, a few thousand of them approximating lips. At which point, I mean, they, 
the main character's boss arrives and is just, well, um, I need to fire this person. And so fires a rocket that blows up the world. The end. That seems like a reasonable reaction. Okay, so that was awesome. Um, <laughs> so do, do we do we pick again, or do I like take on an editor role? Yeah. Like I. No, you. I mean, if you want to tell your own version with these elements, you can, or we can try editing this now. Um. Okay. So you want me to try to tell my own version? Sure. Okay. I can do this. Okay. <clears throat> we open upon a spaceship. Our main character, Guybrush Groundrunner, um, is wandering around the spaceship um, just complaining about a terrible boss that he used to have at the top of his lungs for some reason. He likes to hear the echo because he feels like he's actually talking to someone. But since he mainly uh, hangs out in the plumbing and doldrums of this ship, that's kind of the only uh, fun that he uh, has going on. He meets a serial killer running around the spaceship. But the funny thing is, is in the future, serial killers are just kind of an accepted part of humanity. Um, got to kind of decrease that surplus population these people are rebreeding so much on this ship that they can't really take care of any of the extra older um, passengers themselves so they just kind of let these serial killers run wild anyway he's down there you know trying to figure out okay how am i going to get rid of all of this excess excrement that we have on this ship and remembers back in the days when the original Apollo astronauts would complain about the fact that the suction to remove the urine and feces from the uh, spaceship where you were going would um, kind of not really work all that well. So there was an acceptable amount of urine and feces floating around in the air in any of these spaceships at a given time and wondering, you know, what it was like back then and how much extra feces and urine that the uh, people on those ships were breathing in and snorting in and just kind of thinking back and simpler times when there weren't space serial killers necessary and all this other stuff. Anyway, earlier in the day, he had been on a planet and some random person running by said, this is how the internet used to be, and threw a copy of the unredacted Warren report at his face and screamed that all of it was true. What he realized is that he could write a pretty kick-ass rock opera with this and kind of remind people about uh, the old times and how the internet was crazy. Before the internet was just kind of people running around on random planets and screaming things at you that weren't true. So he writes this rock opera, and the chorus kind of just repeats fuck Trump over and over again 25 times. Um, there's our one F word, by the way. This is a PG-13 movie, by the way. Um, and then he decides, you know what? I'm really, really, really lonely. So... Because the internet has kind of gone away, dating apps kind of just work by screaming something at somebody and then someone screams it at the next person. Turns out that after this horrifying game of telephone goes down, he finds out that the right person for him um, is a person made out of a billion spiders approximating the form of a human being. They immediately hit it off. Although it's strange because when they kiss in order for the lips to get moist, they have to kill a few thousand of the spiders. It's very, very awkward, but spider blood is clear in the future, so it all works out. Um, 
this date is interrupted by his boss. Now, his boss is his friend from when he was a child. They used to be best friends. But then the boss realized that he really, really enjoyed ordering this guy around and kind of is the reason why he complains about um, bosses anyway um, all the time. So uh, boss really isn't doing anything wrong in the current job, but all of that hate from beforehand, this guy just utilizes against him. Um, so they're there. You know, this guy's got a girlfriend, hates his boss trying to figure out how to get rid of all the the piss and the shit and everything else. And, um, you know, he decides, you know what, I'm going to try to boot up this old computer and kind of see what the internet was like before. Maybe uh, share some information from this redacted Warren report around and remind people of what the earth was like before we had to leave it. And when he boots up the old computer, he realizes that shit, you know, there's a reason we stopped using the internet because all computers are evil and the computer rebels against him and locks into the brain of the space serial killer and turns it loose on the entire place instead of just the older people that they're trying to weed out. But that's okay because a low-level superhero named Captain Not-A-Serial-Killer shows up. And Captain Not-A-Serial-Killer is really creepy and has a strange name, but that's okay because he's going to help all of us. Unfortunately, Captain Not-A-Superhero was followed by ninjas. As the main character goes, oh no, not again, more ninjas, which confuses everybody aboard the plane. And you know what? Then the million spiders or billion spiders trying to be a person decides that, you know, they're sick and tired of a guy who carries so much drama, so they break up. So this ship eventually gets to where it was going, which is the new Earth. And the new Earth, um, they're hoping, can be a new place where... Um, they don't need the internet and they don't need space and they can all just kind of get along like in the olden days. But as soon as he reads the uh, Warren report during his rock opera, everybody panics and the world blows up. And that's the end. Nice. So what's uh, the next step? We try to edit each other's versions. Well, first I'm going to go with your version because the idea is that by the way, Hey, I mean, one of the things that we can do, if you have, I mean, if you want to try to edit this, we can, or we can go with something. If you have anything else you wanted to edit, we can do that instead. No, no, I'm good. So, so, so what do you want to do? Okay. So, um, just want to get a sense of, have this main character. So, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I've done these workshops a lot, but I've never actually led them, so I'm not even really sure I think, where I should start. I think start. you're doing a great job. Yeah, start, uh, start with the main character. Okay, so um, this main character, I mean, he's in a future where I guess a computer virus that can just infect any computer that turns on, period, and is around, and that's why they just no longer have the internet, they've just... You know how in Star Wars, they, in the original Star Wars, they just, because it was made in 1977, all the displays are vector graphics and such. Yep. They just reverted to that because those computers are too simplistic to actually be taken over. <laughs> yeah. Actually, here's kind of an issue that I have with myself rather than with this, which is that I'm not really great at, I guess... Basically, I can really pick apart just kind of the world building of something, but not really, not really offer much in the way of characters or something. But, yep. but so, I mean, 
mean, kind of feel as though just by the name. I mean, all of these are just assuming that this is something that somebody brought in. <laughs> okay. So I'm not really sure how the unredacted Warren report factors into the story. <laughs> yeah, so I was of... having some troubles with that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just wondering, what would the main character really be using throughout all this? And I just realized, so it's the future. And... New instruments will be invented. So the main character is a virtuoso at laser guitar or something. Nice. The strings are made out of lasers. And you need to get just the most amazing calluses to be able to use it without slicing bits off. Hurts like a bastard the whole time you're playing it. Yeah, but it is. But it is the most metal thing in the universe. (laughs) Everybody is Tony Iommi in this universe. (laughs) Right. So, um, so anyway, yeah, I'm realizing I am so quickly realizing my limitations in doing this. That's okay, dude. This is a lot of fun. So, so let's build off of that. If if there's a laser guitar, um, what would drums be like in the future? I imagine drum. Here's what I imagine drums are. You have, you have six, I don't know, you have six moons of a system, and you chuck meteors at them, and they make different sounds. Holy crap. Now, now does, are we destroying the moons, or just, or just rattling them a little bit? They're, I mean, they'll eventually be destroyed, but yeah, each each one you throw at it destroys it. And so that's so. You, on. So we so in, in order to perform a rock opera in the future, we have to find an uninhabited star system that we perform on the main planet whilst destroying its moons. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Um, so then, so then, is the billion spiders approximating the form of a human being, an expert drummer? Is that where their like plenty of fish connection comes from? Possibly. <laughs> yeah. We need to name this futuristic dating site. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, yell for dates. <laughs> <laughs> you just yell. I mean, maybe you just yell. Um, out. Yell for dates, message, and then whatever. We call it we call it telephone, where a thousand people have to pass your message on until it actually turns into a good pickup line. <laughs> like how I guess it goes through a thousand people until the billion spiders approximating a human goes, Yeah, that guy wants to date me. Yep. And Dating takes, I don't know, can take upwards of a month before you get a reply. <laughs> and also, you have to manage the replies of everybody else. Of just, you get someone that says, hey, tell um, Jorman Gund that, and then whatever. And it's just, okay, I have to remember that. And then it's, then you just go into the Burger King, you just shout that out. And then someone in the Burger King is just, hey, I think I know where that person is. Goes to the next place, shouts that out. 
<laughs> nice. Do you think um, in the future, if My Little Pony fans still exist, that the dating site for them would be called the Brony Expe- Express? Probably. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything that just movies such as Back to the Future Part 2 and Ready Player One and such has taught us, it's that in the future, we just have the same pop culture. Right. It, it just keeps repeating itself. The 80s and 90s happened, and then everything just repeats. Yep. Which makes sense. I mean, we, we, we have to hit a plateau at some point. Yeah. Um, so let me see. I'm trying to think if there's anything. I, I want to pull in your superhero. What did you call him again? Captain Moneybags. Captain Moneybags. So <laughs> I have the power of unlimited credit. That's, that's fantastic. I wonder what Captain Moneybags' backstory is. Is he just a trust fund kid? Yeah. I mean, a million generations of Batman later. It just became, I'm rich. <laughs> oh my god, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, by the way, kind of the model that I was hoping to replicate is just how. So the university of California in Los Angeles has, has screenwriting workshops and... And usually the discussion becomes more about character motivation because kind of everything else just stems from the character and what they want. I mean, world building is good. You can get plot ideas, but mostly it just comes down to what does the character want? What does the character need? And and what challenges does the character have trying to get what they want, but instead getting what they need? So what this character needed was more ninjas. Yep. This character was feeling just bored with life and it's just, well, I've already accomplished everything I wanted to do. I defeated all the evil ninja clans and since then it's just, well, I have nothing to do. Just be similar to the character Megamind after defeating the hero. Yes. And and then more ninjas appear and it's just, oh, I feel alive again. I missed some. And then fighting. <laughs> So what he needs to do is create a ninja um, building machine. Yeah, that's a motivation. It just every five or six years spits out more ninjas. Yep. What he are you looking he... for a challenge? Yeah, he thinks he needs to write a rock opera, but he really, what he really needs to do is make more ninjas, <laughs> so they can be part of his epic rock opera. Destroying wounds, ninja fighting. One of the great things, well, because I've taken this UCLA workshop a bunch of times, the teacher would try to work this into something because kind of their principle is that they will just try to keep most of what you say and then try to give you advice on how to make that into kind of your standard template movie. I mean, the whole save the cat model. Although thankfully they don't invoke that book very often in these classes because what that book did, I don't know if people are familiar with this, but save the cat is a screenwriting book from 2005 or so. And there are 
there have been a lot of books on the topic, but this one gave very specific instructions and page numbers to do things. And you notice kind of starting around 2008 or 2009, you start noticing plot beats happening at specific minute marks. You can thank that book for that. Wow. And I mean, there is pushback within the industry about that book because they just kind of realized that. I mean, the more template-ish a movie is, usually the worse it does. Because kind of it's it's the things that deviate from the norm that people remember. I mean, the original ending to Chinatown is just Jack basically stops the conspiracy and gets the girl. And if that right. had happened, nobody would remember that movie. But instead, that movie just has one of the most bleak endings imaginable and is considered a classic for it. Right, exactly. It, it would be like many other films like it if it didn't do that. Not that it's a badly made movie, but yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, I mean, most of the discussion would just come down to motivation, along with making the plot events kind of tie into the motivation. I mean, I mean, we already did that by Ninja's Attack, where it's just now the motivation is just this guy needs more ex- needs more excitement in his life, and in order to do that. Well, either discovers or creates ninjas because just doing fights with ninjas was everything that he ever wanted to do in life. And now he realizes it. He just yeah. needs to work those into his rock opera. Yeah, he can. And while he's doing that, while he's fighting them, he could also fight them rhythmically and sing along with it where the punches are the percussion. Right. And then he can create ninjas with good vocals and then they can sing whilst being destroyed or he punches them in a way where their grunts and such kind of vaguely form words oh there we go you know i'm making the ucla class sound so weird and trashy but i like it (laughs) no i like this a lot so when when did you when did you take this call you said you've taken it a few times yeah i've taken it Quite a few times, actually. And, That's awesome. Well, in that they have a year long. Well, now this is me advertising the program. So, Nothing wrong with that. So they have a year long thing where you write three scripts. Well, you write two scripts in the year long one because it's in 10 week periods because they use the quarter system. And for the first 10 weeks, you write the first draft of something. For the second 10 weeks, you write a second draft of it. And for the third one, you write a new thing. And a lot of what they're doing in this class is they're kind of approximating in the film industry. Screenwriters are given, when they're commissioned to write something, the first draft is done in 10 weeks. And usually the second draft is done in, I think it's eight weeks. And then there's what's referred to as the touch-up where it's supposed to be minor notes, but I guess in the industry, usually it just ends up being a third full rewrite, and they have two weeks to do that. Right. Because, and that this class approximates the, the process of how 
how producers and executives will give notes and you're you try to figure out how to incorporate them or not incorporate them and and i mean it's one of those things where editors are just vital in general and it is just notes basically are what an editor for a book or whatever will give you and and i mean people that have never written anything think that editors are evil that editors will just make you just ruin everything they will make you take out all the personality or whatever but really that's i mean there are some that do that but most of the time it's basically just them asking clarification questions and by clarifying it you realize things that do or do not work and 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 such and yeah it's also it's like something play, it's like it's like play testing a game if you if you make it. You don't just, you know, think that you think it's great. You bring it out to, you know, board game cafes or you give it to people to try it and they yeah. figure out the ways to flesh it out better and better focus your vision rather than change it. Yeah. And that's basically what the class is. And and I mean, in the class, it depends on the professor, but usually it just comes down to talking about the main character motivation. And each plot point is, how is the character working towards that motivation? How are the external forces that are preventing that working against the character? And, and I mean, you can get really granular. Up. What are the objectives of the characters in this scene? How do they butt up against each other? And how do they resolve it? Yeah, I'm kind of really skipping around on just a lot of kind of the methodology for writing. But but anyway, so that's kind of what, I mean, what we did mostly was just kind of come up with a joke vision, but there really is a lot of discussion of just, yeah, I'm just rambling at this point, sorry. No, no, it's fun, dude. I, this, this is fascinating because I've never taken a class like this before, so yeah, this is really and, cool. And also, I mean, one of the important things is that every, I feel as though everybody has some good story inside them and you just need to kind of bring it out of them. And Right. And sometimes just spitballing because, you know, sitting there listening to you tell your, you know, story off the things you did. I came up with things I used in mine. You know, it's like, oh, I want I would insert this here. This would be cool. You know? Yeah. And. Also, I mean, generally, you know, there's kind of an adage in software programming where there, you can only bug test something so much before you just start adding bugs to it in terms of trying to fix stuff. I right. feel as though that's kind of also true in screenwriting where something I've seen in many of my classes that I've taken there's always one or two people that come in and it's just, I'm writing the sixth draft of this thing and they don't know what the story is. Okay. I feel as though if you're really struggling with a concept, shelve it or even just bury it. Because the more you obsess over one particular story, the worse it's going to get. You need more right. perspectives than just that one passion project. Exactly. Well, dude, my um, my lunch break is getting close to an end. 
Um, but I was going to say, this has been awesome. I, uh, something very different for the show, right? I usually just ramble and ramble with someone. So having some focused thing to do was really cool. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Do you have a, do you have anything you want to promote outside of that class, which you got to promote or pitch or anything you want to tell people about what you're doing or, or uh, um, anything like that? Um, I'd have to look up my notes for a second because, okay. Well, I mean, none of the other topics I have here really. Yeah, actually. Do you build computers at all? I built one. 12 years ago. Okay. Actually, this topic isn't really too relatable. I mean, just that. Just that in mid-November, my computer died. And the process of, well, first, having to work on my laptop, which, I mean, there's some software I use which doesn't run very well on it, so I had to... There's a program called Parsec, which is in-home streaming. And I had to start using that. (laughs) But but anyway, I don't know. It's also just something where I I mean, I don't know. In order for me to talk specifics about it, I'd kind of have to admit that I am way too rich for my own good. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, then I'll I'll just say that I, I... To get us both back to what we were doing, I'd just like to say it's it's been a pleasure having you on again, Alex. And this yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe if we end up doing a third one of these, I have yeah, actually I could tease what might happen in the future just for the lovely viewers. Go give for them it. some give them some sequel bait, as it were. Okay. So I wrote these other possible topics that we could have done if we wanted to. So, oh, just, you know, I actually forgot to just ask at the start whether or not you wanted to do this movie game, but kind of seemed naturally to flow into it. Yep. So, um, some other topics that I pitched in just my notes that I sent. So, doing the writer's workshop approach to this Japanese animation called Sword Art Online, which I feel is... I'm kind of fascinated by it because it has a lot of really great ideas, but it squanders them in just the most thorough way imaginable. And okay. By the way, in the film industry in general, I mean, people often talk about fan fiction as though it's a disparaging thing. Screenwriters are basically fan fiction writers essentially because they get brought onto projects that are other people have already developed such as just a sequel to a movie or, or a reimagining of a TV show. So, right. so, oh yes, what I'm suggesting would essentially turn into fan fiction, but it is not all that different from if a producer came to me and said, adapt this into something that isn't disappointing. And I would, this would basically be what I would do. So my other topics, um, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power is what I'm going to actually suggest people watch. It's on Netflix. There are four seasons of it, 39 episodes. It's, I would argue it's actually the best 
the best currently running show. Although, kind of similar to a lot of animated shows, the first season of it is not all that great because in animation, when they pitch something, they kind of have to, for the first few episodes, go with a really template approach in order to just reassure executives hey, this is familiar to what you want. And then once they get the funding, it's just, yeah, now we're going to actually do what we want. And you just see that with shows such as that or Star versus the Forces of Evil or Adventure Time. Anyway, that's a great show. People should watch it. By the way, feel free to just tell me to stop. No, it's good. Okay. I just, I, like, like I said, I have to run back to work. So I'm yeah. just trying to wrap it up. Okay. Hey, I'll just go through these quickly. Chrono Trigger is the best video game of all time, the best video game story of all time, and a perfect example of why seeking exact mechanical perfection is following. I mean, I'm... Nice. I'm... So School of Movies is going to do a Chrono Trigger episode, and I'm on it. Yeah, you assuming, and Kevin, right? Yeah, assuming that I don't get edited out of it, but, I mean... I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not assuming that's going to happen. I just always phrase it as, I'm going to be on this thing and, unless I am not on it. Or just, I, yeah, I just like that whole phrasing of just, parties are fun except when they're not. Right, exactly. Okay, so... um. The James Bond film series and why I think the third best movie after Honor Majesty's Secret Service and Casino Royale is A View to a Kill. Nice. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. The one where 58-year-old Roger Moore was humiliated to find out that Tanya Roberts' mother was old, was younger than him. (laughs) Then, I mean, the last two are just my expensive computer in Star Wars Episode Nine. Nice. Cool, man. Well, dude, it's been a pleasure. And um, I will talk to you again soon. So thank you, Alex, again for shooting this shit with Chippa. And thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye.